Maybe midnight or midday Never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed Lived enough life to say I heard your heart, I see your pain Out in the dark, out in the rain Feel so alone, feel so afraid I heard you pray in Jesus' name It may be midnight or midday It's never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed I lived enough life to say Help is on the way Round in the corner Help is on the way Coming for you Now, Nyanseo, this is Pastor Latanya, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. I wanted to let you know about some things that's going on in my ministry and my podcast. It's going to be a little bit different this week, but we're going to go through like a short version and also a long version at this time because I felt compelled by God to be able to put out more content as it is becoming more and more apparent that a lot of different things are coming up in the body of Christ. And I really had to honestly search in myself and my soul this on this week. And a lot of things kept coming up to me and bringing out a lot of points. And I had to honestly tell a good friend of mine, I thank her so much for bringing this up because I think that the body of Christ has not tapped into a lot of the stuff that's going on for them. See, I know that God has been able to start spring cleaning a lot of different things in my life. I know that spring cleaning, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I, my big mama, big daddy would always try to get rid of the things that we don't need anymore or we outgrew or something that's old or I'm um, already overused or buy something new. So in this season, I thank God for being able to spring clean myself, my family, my home, naturally and spiritually. So I'm trying to be able to kind of bring out a lot more in this context going forward on things that God has already, you know, just started to speak to me in my spirit. And I wanted to let you know also that Honestly, these are the things that I have to deal with also. So don't feel as though it's just you. It's also me. And I had to honestly tell myself, I thank you, God, for bringing these out because I don't want hmm, so many other things to come up and I'm not recognizing them or I'm not cleaning up what you need for me in this season so I can go to the next season. See, sometimes we have to throw out, clean up, buy some new things and let God replace the old things with new things in our lives in order for us to progress in our journey with Christ. Now, I know that sometimes it's going to be difficult because you're so used to that old stuffy or those old clothes that you love to be able to sleep in as i.e. your pajamas or something that, you know, your child used to play with because you're so used to them being that age and that's a comfort to you. But when God tells you to let it go, oh my God, he's able to replace those things that you need and give you what you need in this necessary and important and crucial time period of your life. Now, also too, you know, this is a time for also being able to plant 
And I, we talk about that also, but a lot of different things are starting to come back up. So I'm just letting you know that during this time, you know, please, if you have any questions or concerns that you can contact me on, it is written by Afrocentric Prophet. Yes, we changed the title because we wanted to kind of centralize who we are, but also keep the original so that we can be able to reach more people and reach out more to individuals that are going to be able to have it Bible-based, but also at the same time, have some psychological, some, some man-made viewpoints towards it, how we view it towards ourselves. Amen. Well, I wanted to get into, and I wanted to dive into bitterness and stealing. Oh man. And I understand that this may be difficult for some people, but please understand these things come into us and they take root. So I want to be able to address them so that we can be able to get rid of them, know what it is and how the patterns come into it. Amen. All right. So first we're going to go into bitterness. The psycho psychology today has bitterness starting off as disappointment from people they trusted. Their emotions are a mixture of sadness, anger, and disappointment. They are confrontational with social interaction. They don't know how to be able to have a normal conversation with someone. And also they say that they have a passive aggressive behavior. For example, they have problems showing their emotions. They have problems being able to trust anyone that is outside of their way of controlment, i.e. their their friends, their families, uh, being able to understand and know that when that person, uh, comes in, that is, you know, can be essentially a happy person comes into their, you know, provincial view. They don't like it and they don't know how to be able to address it. So they'll try to be passive aggressive. They'll try to be nice. And then when you get to a certain point in learning them, they become more and more aggressive and become more and more uh, controlling towards you. And number three, the person blames and non, you know, empathetic person. They don't like it when the person is able to show compassion. They can't do that. Nor they practice mutual respect towards each other. They don't respect you as an individual. They consider you competition and not uh, a person that is a friend, a colleague, or even just a coworker. Someone that they should be able to have a human compassion for. And four, the person has more negative impact to their lives when triggered. They think about the past more than they do their future. They have more things of bad memories, bad past memories that they have from, you know, their previous life than they do the good memories. And they start being able to manifest those things onto you onto their friends, onto their family members. And then they become more and more used to that environment, that it isn't something that they're able to sit there and they want to discuss fully and, you know, being able to expose themselves. And number five, they, to include, they have hold on to an increased amount of anger, sadness, and disappointment. Although they will need to admit it, the one way is to avoid the individual, but if they control, if they have a control over it, they don't want to admit it. They don't want to address the issue they have. The person suffering should express their concerns, 
If not heard, then you will need to be away from them. See, sometimes they want to be able to express themselves, but then at the same exact time, they'll sit there and they'll move away. Please move away from them because they become more of a hazard and a harm to you and a hindrance to you in your walk. And then at the same time, according to conscious retail, rethinking, 10 sides a bitter person. One, they are generalizing. It's not just one individual that did them wrong. It's the entire group of people. Everyone in the world is not for them. Number two, they hold grudges. They cannot forgive. Misunderstandings and arguments are normal. They are not cleared up or forgotten. Even when the other person has forgotten it, they still don't. They still hold it towards that person. Three, they like that their own sound of their voice. When they're mumbling and complaining about what has happened to them, their woes and their concerns, they rather hear their concerns and not your concerns. Number four, they're jealous. They're not happy for a friend or colleague with their promotion or going well with them in their lives. And number five, they make no changes. They don't think that it should be getting a promotion. They don't think that person should have gotten a promotion. They don't think that that person should have got married. They don't think that they should have got rewarded at all. They wanted it for them. And when it, they want it always to fall in their lap. If you know of one person that's like that, please pray for them. Please understand that, yes, we all go through different things that go on through our lives, but that shouldn't address us and that shouldn't be part of our character anymore. It's attention seeking. They don't keep quiet when they feel how they feel. They really want to express themselves and they don't care if how you feel. They just want to be able to get their opinion out of it. Number seven, they struggle to seek advice. They are not seeking sound advice. Let me say this one more time for the people in the back. They are not seeking sound advice. They don't sit there and honestly have a conversation with a friend or colleague and sit there and say, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? They don't like cheerful people. They're having a negative attitude all the time and they don't like to see people happy. That is. To me, is something that is something mentally and discouraging wrong for the body of Christ. And if you do have leaders like this, then you need to go ahead and seek counsel with God. And also let's go down again, because we're going to address this a little bit later. They need never congratulate others. They don't sit there and say, well done, or, or congratulations on this, or, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see that you're doing really well. Jealousy becomes a part of their life and it's always something that they wanted to succeed or they wanted to achieve and they gossip number 10. They're always trying to sit here and say something negative about someone, whether it's a friend of theirs or a colleague, or even simply just one of their people of a church member. And it becomes so hazardous for that person to coexist in that environment. So please understand that bitterness becomes a part of you and it doesn't want to let go unless you start working at it. And it says the part of the brain as an insula, meaning cave, has the emotions located tucked behind the fold of the frontal and temporal lobe at the side of the brain. The angular part 
helps meditate reactions and disgust. So when a person shows you their face and they're disgusted by you, that's where insolo, the cave, meaning how they feel, truly feel about you. And when they're disgusted, they can't not shine away from it. They can't sit there and not show their true meaning or effect towards you. How to handle a bitter person. Number one, don't conflict with them. Don't trust there's that a sensitive nature. Don't put any trust in them. Because at the same exact time that you trust them with your information, they will try to come and turn that information back onto you. Whether it's because people don't trust them and they have that conflict within themselves. And then someone comes and brings that information that, that is private or privileged only in a certain capacity. They will try to expose it to everyone else. But So please be aware. Number two, don't become shoulder to cry on don't let them be the person that you go and you run to every time that you have something going wrong with you and yes i have found this to be of a certain magnitude so true everybody is not on your level everybody cannot be holding secrets everybody does not share the same gift that god has given you towards people whether it's in psychology, pastoralship, whatever type of setting it is for people. Because people would like to be able to tell you something in confidence and not have it be addressed publicly. Let me say that one more time. Some people feel comfortable about addressing things to you. You cannot always share that with your pastor, with your prophet, with your apostle, with the deacon or ministers, because certain people can't be able to hold that information. I do not advise you that if God has placed you in a certain way, a certain setting that people do come to you, that it remains with you and God. That's it. Because I've learned from experience, hard experience, that certain people will go back and try to be able to disrame you, mess your accreditation up, or the way that you are, as far as your self-esteem, your self-worth, they will go back and expose that within you. So I'm telling you right now, please. Make sure that anything that someone tells you that's in confidence, that it remains between you and that person. And also let God expose these people for who they are and tell you who they are. See, this is a time that you should be asking God to discern people, whether you've known them for a long time or for a short period of time, whether it's a family member, colleague, spouse, any person that is supposed to be in your life. You need to be able to address this because now more than ever, the enemy will try to come in and try to give you these things such as bitterness, stealing that will try to come in and try to disframe you, discredit you and allow it become a part of your tree. And no, we do not want that. So we need to take it out from the root. Let's continue. They look for people to complain, to express their negative thoughts to. Bitterness is contagious, so protect yourself. Let me say that one more time. Bitterness is, con is contagious, so 
protect yourself. And I've learned from personal experience that everybody cannot be able to ascertain or have a mental maturity about how they should address things. See, certain times you need to take it to God in prayer and not to the next person because that person may not be mentally or physically stable to take what you have already given. Yes, God may have placed them author of authority over some people, but that does not mean they are competent, whether physically or mentally, to be able to deal with the things because of their past experiences. Now, let me say this one more time. Number three, don't be rude, but don't agree. When someone is sitting up here, i.e. gossiping about someone else, do not agree with that person. Sit there, it's so easy for us to agree. But you should honestly say, look, if you have any type of situation that's between you and that person, go to that person. Stop going and talking to anyone else. Well, my grievance should be, I should be able to talk about this person without having, no, you should be going to that person and addressing it. And if they don't want to listen to you or they don't want to talk to you about it, then I feel the need that you should be able to distance yourself from that person. And also at the same time, God also says in the word that gossip, Oh my God, it's so damaging because you have damaged that person's character. You have damaged that person's way of life. And also you have damaged that person towards anyone else, whether it is a colleague, whether it is in the church, whether it is in the physical or natural, you have damaged that person and that person will not want to be around you. That person will not want to coexist with you. So please. Do not, I repeat, do not stay around this person once you know they are bitter. And if you talk to them, the person should have a close conversation with that person. If they're really close to you, have that conversation, have a reality conversation. And if they don't want to address the issue and they don't want to apologize, then you need to accept the situation as it is, pray for them and keep moving. Because your assignment is too important for you to stop. That should not be a part of your character. So I'm asking you to please cut it off at the root. And if it becomes a part of you, like it was for me, and as a friend had pointed that out to me lately, that this has become a part of me, I cannot have this to be a part of me, accepting that because of someone else having that into my life, having that way of thinking and processing towards that person, that should not be. So now I'm addressing that issue. Whether it may not be for everyone, I don't know. But I'm telling you for me, I wanna be free from it. So I sit there and I'm saying, because this person, a good friend of mine, sat there and said, in love and kindness, she addressed this issue. Not because she was sitting there and she recognized that certain things was going on, but she wanted to make sure that I was being able to understand what was going on, that she didn't want it to hinder how my progress was in God. See, certain times when you know you have a good friend is when they can sit there and talk to you in love and kindness and address the issue. Not just sit there and see you going through it and then push it off. No, 
One good friend should be able to sit there and say, look, this is what's going on with you. And I, and I've seen it and I want to sit there and I want to talk to you about it and let's address it and let's have it head on. And also at the same time, they can be able to pray for you, be able to go before God for you and be able to also give you scripture and talk to you as I am doing right here. I know that certain times people do us wrong. I know that it becomes more of a cumbersome thing because it starts to build up that once you thought you had forgiven them or once you close that door on that, it becomes so cumbersome to you because you thought this can't come anymore. But God sits there and tells you in his word, the enemy can be able to come in through anyone, your family, your co-workers, your friends, your, your, your children, anybody, your spouse, anybody that is around you. So please, he's trying to tell you, do not have this to be a root or something that is going to hinder you from not entering the kingdom of God, but also not being able to have you to go to your next assignment, your appointed assignment. There is so many things that we need to do in the body of Christ. And we don't want this to become a part of you. We don't want this to become a hindrance to you. And then they have a vague emphasis for this, for you having to be in a bitter situation and it doesn't help. It becomes vague. It it doesn't, they don't emphasize how bad it is for you, how medically the body has to go through the different emotions and different shifts in your life. You become so much anger and then disappointment and rage. You don't want to have a relationship with anyone. Sometimes you want to feel isolated and you don't want to be able to have sweet communion with the brothers and sisters of Christ. And it's because that person sat there and did the impossible. You thought that they would be okay. But God said, look, you need to start understanding that forgiveness is the key. Don't let them stay in that same state of being in bitterness and you sitting here and you're bitter, but that person is already forgiven and moved on. You can't be like that. You can't stay in that state. So what I'm telling you is that when you're breaking down that bitterness and you're having that honest conversation with them and they don't want to address the issue, then you go ahead as they say, And you wipe your feet off. You wipe your hands off of the situation. You give it to God and you ask God say, you know, please forgive me if I have done anything, but also God forgive the person and then go ahead and be able to let the situation go. Is it easy for you? No, it's not going to be easy. It's not because you start realizing the reality of who the person is. And the true content of that person becomes so apparent and you don't want that to seep into you, your conversations, your children, your husband, your relationship with anyone else, as far as colleagues and friends and everything else that mounts down. You don't want that for your relationship with God. And that's why so many people get caught up in these different aspects of how our lives are supposed to be. And it becomes so much more cumbersome, so much hurt, so much pain when you, when people betray us. 
and they become bitter because you're doing so much better than them or you're doing so much more than they have in their lifetime. See, sometimes you have to honestly sit there and say, look, my assignment is different than your assignment and don't be jealous and there shouldn't be any competition. With self-love and a bit of others, can you can turn around from being in bitterness. Self-love. There are certain times on Sundays that my children and my husband will give me the time to go and take a bubble bath, go and work out, go and just have time with myself because they know that from Monday through Friday and Saturday that mom as a person, I clean my home, I cook with my husband, and also I gather things such as cleaning supplies or anything, any errands I have to do. And now I'm starting my journey of as self-love for myself to start exercising again. And at the same time, I had to learn that your emotions, your person as in God, mind, body, and soul, needs to be in a balance, even if it takes, you know, years to find out and, and days to find out who you are, start learning who God is for you. Start learning how God can be able to transform your heart and your mind and start understanding that everybody is not out to get you. Let me say that one more time. Everybody is not out to get you, but they're there to benefit you. And there are a lot of people that love you just for you, who you are. And they see your greatness and they're not intimidated by your greatness. They love on you. They nourish you and they see you and they want to push you, compel you and propel you to your destination. Let me say that one more time. They push you, they compel you and they propel you to your destination. They push you. They, they, it's like, um, it's like a, a catapult. They know that you need to be at a certain point in your life. So they'll push you to the contraption and they'll put you on it. And by giving encouraging words, by giving you also the word of God and also affirmations, they will give you what you need, the, the tools and the strength that you need so that when they put you on that catapult they usually the lever for you to they push it back for you to go forward they know where you're going because they know how god is being able to go in your life and propel you to that point so trust and believe god will send people that really love you to go the distance for him and when they put you on that catapult they have high expectations that you're going to do abundantly exceedingly all that God has measured in you so you do not do not sit there and be isolated be unnerving jealous or anything you do what God says do and be at your top potential because they are expecting you just like God is expecting you to go where you need to go so that you can pick someone else up so you can go through doors that you have not seen your name on yet they have been able to go with you and set you 
on a standard that God is expecting for you. And I thank God for my backbone, my husband doing that for me, for my friend doing that for me, for my children doing that for me, for my colleagues and my friends that are true to this Bible, that are living it out. They are the ones that's propelling me, that's being able to help me to go where I need to go and push me to my limits. Where I think I cannot, God says he does. God says and he puts people in my life just for that same reason. Now, let's go. Amen. Now, let's go to stealing. Stealing is a concept of someone having to take possessions of some things, material or physical or financial, that belongs to someone else. And it becomes apparent that the offense in Greek is scandalonian. Scandalous is pretty much what we know. See, according to BeliefNet, your vision, your vision a part of the destination. Your vision comes from the Lord. Please don't let the enemy take what God has placed in you as your assignment based on your man's knowledge. What he's saying is that based on what men view of you, that does not mean that's God's assignment for you. Let me say that one more time. Because it's man's view. That does not mean that it's not God's assignment. That is not. Let me say that one more time. Whatever man's view of you are is not God's assignment that's been placed on you. And it's starting to understand that your desire, such as who God is in your life, is a part of what the enemy wants to keep you from your desire. And then frustration comes in because you haven't reached that goal yet. See, some of us are starting just anew and starting to understand who God is. See, some people for new Christians and also some existing Christians, we have thoughts and desires that we would like to accomplish while we're here. And see, God sits there and says, yes, we make plans and God laughs. But also God puts us in different arenas, different accomplishments, different goals and different desires and visions so that his plan can go forth. And that it will not be tolerated, nor will it be disdained, and it will not be able to sit there and not do what God says do. See, some of us has to be able to accomplish some things while we're here on this earth. And I had to go back because it's stealing. I wanted to let you know it's from Genesis 27th chapter. And starting at the first verse, it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, he said unto him, my son. And he said unto him, behold, here am I. Verse two, and he said, behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Number verse three. Now, therefore, take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison. Verse four, and make me sorry, excuse me, savory meat, such as I love and bring it to me, that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. Number five, and Rebecca, see, this is where the controversy and this is where a lot of the things come together because he loved Esau, which is the eldest son. But Rebecca remembered 
the prophecy over them since she had two sons. One was Esau, the eldest, and Jacob came behind him holding his, holding his foot. Going back, verse 6, And Rebecca spake unto Jacob her son, and said, Behold, I have heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Verse 7, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat, and bless thee before the Lord, before thy death. Verse 8, Now therefore, my, bro my son, obey my voice now, according to that which I command thee. Verse 9, Go now to the flock and fetch me from Thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. Verse 10, and thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. Verse 11, and Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Number 12, my father preavent will fill me. And I shall seem to him as a deceiver. Come on now. And I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. Verse 13. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice and go fetch them. 14. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother. And she, his mother, made savory meat, such as his father loved. Verse 15, and Rebekah took God, excuse me, goodly remnant of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. Verse 16, and she put the skin of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon smooth of his neck. Verse 17, and she gave the savory meat and the bread which she has prepared into the hand of her son Jacob verse 18 and he came unto his father and said my father and he said here am I who art thou my son 19 and Jacob said unto his father I am Esau thy firstborn I have done according as thou badest me arise I pray thee sit and eat of my venison that my that thy soul may bless me. Verse 20, And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God guideth it to me. See, that's the thing is that when someone is stealing, they will lie, they will cheat their own mother or father just to get what they want as a benefit to them. And sometimes the enemy will do the same exact thing. He will tell you a lie. He will cheat you. He will be able to manipulate you. He will steal from you because he knows that you are of God. And he wants to have you to be able to get off track. Such as Jacob is doing to his father. He's manipulating him. He is lying to him. He is even involving God in the whole entire scenario. This has become such a critical moment that we need to understand. We cannot steal. We cannot be able to steal, lie, cheat, and also subsequently sit there and involve God in our misbehaviors. 20, and Isaac said to his son, how is it that you found it quickly, my son? 
And he said, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. 21, and I said unto Jacob, come near, I pray thee that I may feel thee. My son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. See, he wanted to sit here and try to make sure that he was blessing the right person. Through deception, Jacob is trying to get his blessing from his oldest brother. And if it's from God, you don't need to deceive God for your blessing. Oh, come on now, let me say that one more time. If it's from God, you can't deceive your own mother, father, sister, brother, whoever God has already ordained it to be for you to receive it because you're going to receive it. And you're not going to sit there and go through the motions as Jacob did just to be able to be blessed by God. See, some of us want to sit here and think that God is going to bless us for the deceptions, for the misery you have caused someone else. Not so. Not so. Absolutely not. God is sitting here and telling you, if you do the earnest work, if you're doing what God says do, if you are sitting up here and doing what thus says the Lord, you can be able to profit and benefit. And you don't have to be able to steal from somebody else. You don't have to take from somebody else's ministry for your ministry to be able to go forth in God. You don't have to sit there and steal from a prophet, apostle, minister, priest, what have you, to be able to get what you need. Stop having that mentality and start being able to do it the right way that God wants to bless you. Because all this time, the harvest is plentiful, but what you reap is what you've already sown. God has already said that in the Bible. Let's continue. And it says, verse 22, and Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Come on now. 23, and he discerned him not. See, you did not rightly sit there and ask if this is from God. Come on now, I had to, I had to read this for myself. That sometimes the individual, the individual and the circumstances we put ourselves in. We don't sit there and say, God, give me the discernment that I need to know about this individual or this person. We need to be able to sit there and honestly ask God about anyone we get involved with, any type of provisions we have, any organization, any company we're supposed to be able to do business with, anything that you have, marriage, children, anything, even the people that are here to take care of your children and your home. You need to talk to God about it before you do this. Let's keep going in verse 23. And he discerned him not because his hands were hairy, but his brothers Esau hands. So he blessed him. 24, and he said, art thou my very son Esau? He said, I am. 25, and he said, bring it near to me and I will eat of my son's venison that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near him and he did eat and he brought him wine and he did drink. 26, and his father Isaac said unto him, come now near and kiss me, my son. 27, he came near and kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his remnant and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of field, which the Lord have blessed. 28. Therefore God given thee of dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth 
and the plenty of corn and wine. 29, let people serve thee and nations bow before to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let my mother, thy mother's son bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curses thee and blessed be he that blesses he. 30, and it came to pass as Isaac had ended of blessing Jacob and Jacob have yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother came in from his hunting. Now I'm going to let you read the rest of this because it becomes more potent for us to be able to be in the word of God. But paraphrasing, I'm going to let you read it because it becomes so much more than what you think it, but it becomes more of who we are and how we are. And also, I'm just going to put in verse 34 because it becomes so much hurt and pain from Esau. 34, and when Esau heard the words of his father, because he couldn't be able to bless him because he's already taken his, his, already his blessing. He's already taken everything that he has. That when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great exceeding bitter cry. And said unto his father, bless me, even me after I, O father. See, sometimes people sit there and they put you in situations and so much hurt and so much pain. And he's despondent. He's really, really hurt. And it becomes so much of a disappointment that his brother would do this to him. That his mother would do this to him. And then at the same exact time, his brain is not able to process how God is being able to manifest himself in his life at this point. Now, I'm going to let you go and finish reading how Esau and Jacob becomes more and more reconcilable. But you need to understand that the things that we have to go through, God has it ordained already. Don't you know that he didn't stay in that state as such as, I, as we have? He didn't stay in that state. See, some of us have to be able to get out of that bitterness, that, that insignificant understanding of who God is has to be able to take root in us. And sometimes we have to sit there and say, God, I don't want this in my life anymore. You have to understand that sometimes you have to clean up where you've been able to be at. Come on now. I mean, it. when sometimes you have those friends or those family members or even some of the people that are in your congregation or some people that you are being able to associate yourselves with, that becomes a part of you and it seeps into you and it becomes a negative environment for you. You have to let that stuff go. You have to let the bitterness, the disappointment, the anguish, the mental capacity to sit there and say, you know what? I have to let that go. I know that, you know, this is not something that I wanted for my life, but grace is abundant for me. And I'm thankful. I'm grateful that God has given me that discernment. And yes, God gives you a warning before destruction. He sends people your way and you think it, oh, that not, that's not how that person is. That, that, no, -uh. but see, then God sits there and he cleans up, up for you and he sits there and he shows you what's going on. Don't be despondent about who God is. Don't be despondent about how God is showing you who people are. Be more proactive and start answering questions that God is sitting here and answering and asking you every day. Don't be confound to how you think that God is going to be able to answer you because sometimes God simply goes to your spouse, your children, 
your coworker, your friends, your um, people that normally you don't think that would come to you and say, hey, X, Y, and Z is like this. Please understand, God is giving you warning after warning. And because of Jacob's father was not discerning who he was, he let the birthright go to the wrong son. Is that us? Is that you? I understand that we're not just talking about, you know, stories in the Bible because this is reality. A lot of different things happened in the Bible that were messy, that we as saints of the most high have to deal with the mess to understand where did it come from and how to be able to get it out of our lives. And it says also in Galatians 2 and 21, I did not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Do you understand that when God had his son to come down 42 generations, that he was able to give that grace and mercy to us so that we can be able to flush out anything that is not of him and that we can be able to understand that the enemy wants to keep us from the desires and everything else that God has for us. But God's grace and mercy is there for us to be able to help us to go through this journey. According to Mayo Clinic, 1998 through 19, excuse me, 1998 to 2022, the part of the brain has stealing is kleptomania. Once again, that comes up. And its meaning is to compulsive stealing someone else's materials or possessions. The cause is sometimes poverty because they're lacking materials, jealousy, oh my God, low self-esteem or peer pressure because they want to be accepted with their own people. The location of the brain has problems with a material with a natural occurrence of the brain chemical, neurotransmitters, serotonin. See, when the body is trying to regulate your moods and your emotions, it becomes upsetting. And the serotonin can't be able to transmit the messages to the rest of the body. Such as your brain is sitting here and sending messages to your hand to move to pick up a cup. And then at the same time, that cup becomes hot and you didn't know it. So then automatically, the hand will want to be able to go ahead. Instead of grasping it, it will let it go. Those are the same situations that we have when it becomes bitterness in our lives. We want to grasp on to doing what God says do, but we are starting to adherently did not know that it was bitterness when we went into a relationship, when we went into a business, when we went into a uh, conversation, when we went into a building. When we went into trying to be able to start some things for ourselves and knowing who God is that we need to be able to start because God told us to. See, sometimes when the enemy comes in, he places things in your life that you didn't even know was just that damaging to you. Come on now. And it becomes more and more apparent to you and he wants that to seep into you. But saints of the most high, not today. We're going to address it because if my friend can be able to address it for me and my family can address it for me, then why can't I sit there and do the same thing to you? Just because I'm a pastor and a prophet, that doesn't mean that I have stumbling blocks. I have a lot of them, but I need to make sure that I keep myself in check 
And I need to make sure that I keep my countenance as well as my emotions physically and naturally in check. And then at the same exact time, to be able to regulate my moods and emotions, that's a huge one. And some symptoms are mental disorders from the family history, addictive disorders like kleptomania. They are compulsive, taking, always taking and stealing things, or the misfortune of, or the misfunction of the brain system. Legal and financial problems can arise. These complications of gambling and also shopping. Some people have to shop. That's part of their you know, they're, they're, they're part of their, their identity. Cause they think that, oh, I'm a social media person. Now I need to keep up with appearances or they, they become a celebrity. And then they're like, wait a minute, I have to keep this up because I'm, I'm viewed in this part or that part. But that's not what God is trying to tell you. God wants you not to keep up the appearances, but he wants you to live in the reality that he has given you. Nine times out of 10, they always say your first impression of you is always a lasting impression. That's why they always say, Hey, when you go before the interview, make sure you're dressed up, make sure you're, you know, you have that high personal hygiene and, you know, have your clothes appropriate for business to wear so that when you go into the interview, the people can see you from head to toe that you're ready to be able to work. Why can't we do that? The same thing when we're doing with God. See, when we sit here and we honestly command our day and we get up and we pray with God and we talk to God before we even start our day, that becomes so much more of a promise declaration in your life that you're sitting here and giving God your time, your, your studies, your, your way of life. So that when you do hit the world in reality, that it will not be cumbersome, that it will not hinder you on your assignment and who you are and how God is. And even when you hit a person, whether it's long-term or short-term that you've known in your lifetime, they cannot hinder where you're going to go in God. And it becomes more and more apparent to you. Now, some of the other symptoms are alcoholism and substance abuse, uh, personality disorders. One thing I didn't know was the eating disorders, depression, Suicidal thoughts, bipolar disorder, anxiety, always, you know, anxious, not being comfortable around people or, or just being around, you know, different circumstances, situations, or in environments. Some people become anxious. They are very unnerving. They are not comfortable, but you have to understand that's part of who they are because of them being able to what? Steal, take and not do what God says do. And also at the same time, while that person is stealing, they're stealing somebody's identity. They want to be like you. Sometimes they're stealing how your character is. And then they'll sit there and try to portray you in a, in a bad light or trying to be able to, to make you seem as though you are so, so unholy when actually you are holy because it fits their narrative. Now I understand that let's go to scripture. It says first Corinthians six and 10. It says in the 10th verse, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunken, nor slander, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Let me say that one more time. Nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor swindlers 
slanderer, excuse me, nor slanders, the ones that sit there and talk bad about someone when actuality, that's not the case. Nor swinglers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then we can go down also to Ephesians 4 and 28. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. They actually need to be able to produce in God's vineyard in order for them to be able to give that profit, that material to someone else in order for them to grow. Don't you know when you get to a certain level in God, whether you're beginning, whether you're experienced or whether you're already been in God for 20 years, God wants to give you those materials to give back to his people and not have it for yourself. And also at the same time, Exodus 20 and 15, simply put, you shall not steal. You shall not steal. That's in the commandments. Exodus 22 and 7. If anyone gives a neighbor silver or goods for safekeeping and they are stolen from the neighbor's house, the thief, if caught, must pay back double. Do you understand that when the enemy comes in and tries to steal your joy, your peace, your way of life, he has to be able to give that back to you. And it's not always the materials, the, the physical things. It's the spiritual things that you have acquired in God, such as your prayer, prayer time, such as your children, such as your ministry, such as your giving your studies towards God, such as everything else, because Satan would like to be able to steal, kill and destroy you. But he has to give that back because guess what? Anything that you have prospered in God, that was in good soil and good ground. He has to give it back to you because it's not the his to give. Do you understand? He may have to take it, but guess what? God is going to give it back to you. Just like Job, he took everything, his children, his household, his cattle, his land, his, even his health and gave it back to him double fold, tenfold, because he was more faithful to God. Job was faithful to God because he had to learn that even in his last moments, even when he's questioning God, that God is still there to answer. Is that the same for you? Is it always that somebody steals and I keep telling myself this term and this, this hour, this week, I said, God, you know, he will give you firm warning before destruction. And I'm going to be honest with you and transparent. I had so many different things that happened to me this week that I had to, I had to say, God, I mean, I'm, I'm going through this and then it comes this and then it becomes this and then it becomes that, but he was still faithful. See what I've learned is that God is still faithful when we're not. God will sit there and test your character because he wants to make sure that your character can stand up to the diverse situations that enemy will take you through. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. God will sit there and take you through so many different things so that he can make sure your character is going to be able to stand up to all the diverse things that the enemy will try to throw at you. And I had to learn also too. That it's not just the material things, but it's also the spiritual things that the enemy will try to take from you. 
He will try to take your peace, your joy, your love of God. He will try everything in the book because he knows that you're working for God. You're, you're laboring right. And you're trying to do what God says do. Even if you're not in the field as in farmers, sometimes you're on your job and you have various positions and careers and everything else. But guess what? God still wants you to be able to do it the right way, not the wrong way, but the right way in order for your crop, your outcome, your input that you give into God comes out the way that God needs for it to come out and giving it to someone else. Amen. Hosea four and two. There is only cursing, lying and murder, stealing and adultery. They break all bonds and bloodshed following bloodshed. Let me tell you something. There is only cursing, lying and murder, stealing and adultery. They break all bonds. And bloodshed follows bloodshed. Do you understand that when people steal from some people, whether it's from family members, co-workers, whoever, if you steal from somebody, it breaks down the relationship you had that person, that trust and that validity and that respect that you have for that person. It breaks it all down. And then at the same exact time, it goes and it doesn't come back to you. It does, and that person doesn't want to come back to that person. It becomes more and more of a fight to be able to be respectful towards that person. Come on, let me say it like that. I'm being human. But then at the same time, God sits there and he comes in and he replaces how you feel about things and how you want to sit there and handle certain situations. God handles it for you when you have no words to even speak, no words to even combat how you feeling. Go look it up. When Esau saw Jacob again, and I want you to look it up. He was able, summarizing, paraphrasing. He was able to still sit there and love him like a brother because he knew that, guess what? Jacob had to go through a lot, but he still loved him. Esau didn't stay in that state of bitterness. He started letting it go. Some of us need to do the same thing in order for God to come in and bless us. Just because he didn't receive his birthright and, and his blessing from his father, that doesn't mean that God didn't have something for Esau. See, we need to understand that we may not be the first, but what does the Bible say? Hmm. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. See, so many people discounted you, may have thought that you were going to be out and out, but God sits there and says, you know what? That's my child. And just because that person is last, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to put them first. Come on now. And at the first, oh, I'm going to put you last because of your intentions, your motivations, the way that you look at things. See, God has all of us in a different perspective on who we are and how we are and our motives. When people want to question your motives about who God is in your life, don't let them. You know who God is in you. And from me to you, Take God with you everywhere. I don't care if you're going to the bedroom. I don't care if you're going to so many different places in your life or so many different environments. Take God with you. You will not be disappointed in your journey. And also too, at the same time, God wants to come with you because he wants to be able to be the one that illuminates everything in your life, lights everything up. And then at the same time, you'll start seeing the habits 
you'll start seeing the way that you think it's going to be going and it's going to influence more people to be who God is. See, we can't be like the world because then we imitate the world. And then what is the difference between a saint and an ain't? I'm going to say that one more time. What is the difference between a saint and an ain't when you're sitting up there and you're Im- and you're imitating someone else that's in the world instead of God? Now, John 10 and 10, the thief came only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest or more abundantly. Last one, Leviticus 19 and 13. Do not be fraud or rob your neighbor. Do not hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. Don't you know that when you labor in God's house, whether you are a pastor, apostle, prophet, minister, or what have you, do not withhold anything that God has given them through you. Second part, please make sure that you give to that man or woman of God while they're laboring in your vineyard to help you be able to cultivate the church. And once they see that you are working with them, and doing what God says do, then you won't have any problems being able to work with them, take care of them, and also minister to them and grow them and cultivate who they are in God. And you can be able to send them out and know who God is within them. That is the thing of us as Christians, as men and women of God, when we are trying to be able to go out through God, that we should be able to sit there and know who God is. And know that God is going to be able to diligently seek us, diligently, oh my God, take care of us, diligently put the manifestation of him into you. Because this, we are working for him and not against him. I'm on, this is third, third volume. Please, if you have any questions or concerns, please reach me at Latanya Uyola on my Facebook and also it is written by Afrocentric Prophet. Questions and concerns, please give us a five-star rating and also be able to come in and, you know, just have some type of dialogue with us and we can be able to reach out to you. Also at the same time, thank you so much for my listeners. It has been an awesome time in you. I know that sometimes things can take root in us such as bitterness and, and also stealing. And stealing cannot just be for the, once again, for uh, the materials or for us to be able to have possessions, but sometimes it's spiritual. So we need to know and combat those things that we have been able to understand and know that the enemy is real and the battle is daily. So please be able to, you know, anoint your anoint yourself also to be able to sit there and get the soul knowledge from the Bible and from God of what you need to do on your assignments, on your visions, on your destination, on your, on your different ways of how God wants to impart take into you and let go of bitterness. I thank God for being able to cover this because now more than ever, we can be able to combat the enemy and also recognize those things that are, you know, for the most part can be ugly, tainted and un- whole lot more ugly in us that we need to be able to take root and pull them out. And I thank you so much. Some face a lifetime of falling tears, but he's in the darkness, he's in the cold, just like the morning he always shows. It may be midnight or midday.
Oh, no way. 